0: Hey, you want to hear a funny story about budgeting or lack of budgeting? Yes. <laughs> okay, so my – okay, disclaimer. This isn't this story is not a knock against my mother. Okay. <laughs> so my mom and the kids have a tradition. Every year they go – my mom takes them to do their Christmas shopping at Tuesday morning. Okay. <laughs> Super random place, but – And they always do so very well. Like they walk around and really just kind of like pick out little things that they think that I would like. And Randy was like, I gave my mom. So we have our cash budget for Christmas. Mm -hmm. So I gave my mom my card and was like, I mean, there should be plenty of money on here, like probably 350 bucks. And she came back and was frazzled, like frazzled. And my kids are good. Like, I know everybody says that about their kids, but like, my kids are really good. They're not wild. They're not loud. They're usually very calm and collected. (laughs) And they went insane. She said each one of them got their carts and they were just like zooming through the aisles and like throwing stuff in the basket and let's shop for our cousin and let's shop for, I mean, everybody. But then they couldn't find the things that they actually wanted. So they went to Target and the same thing happened. So they get home and I'm like, "Cool, how much was everything?" She goes, "Oh gosh, like, I don't know, 250, 275." I was like, "What?" She goes, "Yeah, your card's out of money. I had to even pay a little bit of, a little bit extra." And I was like, "WTF? Like what the hell did y'all buy?" Dude, uh Gift uh, Xbox gift cards $25. Walker bought himself a couple of things, freaking like multiple sweaters for and hoodies for KK. They went to town, and I was super, super. I was like. She goes, I know, I did really bad this year. She goes, Weston got a, his nose started bleeding for some reason. And then his sugars went low. So all the alarms were going off. So I just was like, just put it on the, (laughs) put it
1: on the thing and we'll cash it all out. I'm Josh Sigmund and I'm a mortgage lender. I'm also a geek for money, not just earning it and saving it, but literally everything about it. I love that money has rules. It has its truths. I love investment strategies and I love making money work for us. For so many, money is emotional. For me, it's logical, like a puzzle. My passion is also helping others with their money. I love looking at people's finances, dissecting their puzzle, and rebuilding with strategy and purpose. And I'm really good at it. I'm making this podcast about my money strategies, not the things that are written in books or sold in programs. It's a podcast outlining the lessons I've learned and used for the past 15 years. These strategies help me and those who use them save more, give more, create wealth, and retire early. Let me teach you how to build your net worth. You ready? Welcome to Sigmund Sense. All right, so we're gonna talk about money again. That's for weird. episode 80. What a weird topic. 40 money. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? Uh, we've had a couple. Welcome back, guys. We're had a couple questions over and over about 401ks, right? Yeah. So, you know, there's a couple of questions that kind of spin together and we'll do pieces of it today and then a different a different time as well. But really the the question is like, what is a 401k? How do you use your 401k? What's in a 401k? How do you invest in a 401k? Um, you know... And I see a lot of problems with it, you know. So for a lot of people might have worked at a company for a couple of years and they had a 401k. I see it, when I do mortgages, I see a lot of abandoned 401ks, uh, which basically means like you had a 401k and then you left, and the company said here, you know, this thing is growing well or not without you forever, and you don't look don't at it and you it's... don't right, you don't even know what's going on. Yeah, uh, I've I've talked to people who, um, when a spouse died, they end up finding out that there's a 401k out there that the spouse didn't even know about right just by getting paperwork and things like that so the the reality of it is is that um there's there's big pros to 401ks and there's some cons too you know it's um sometimes out of sight out of mind is a bad thing sometimes out of sight out of mind is a good thing right so yeah i think that's what we should talk about today uh, especially as we come into this new year and uh people have the opportunity to you know start contributing back. Maybe somebody's listening that that has a salary and doesn't ever utilize the 401k at their company. And uh, maybe this will be a, a reminder of, hey, why don't you go ahead and take a look at your returns last year? Because it's probably really good. And if it wasn't, you weren't invested well. Yeah, um, there, yes. It's just a good time of year to dive back into that piece. Um, so I think the best place to start is like, you know, what can you contribute? Um, and what is it? And the basic answer is, is that a 401k uh, is for salaried People, this gets a company-created uh, entity that basically uh, you can contribute pre-tax dollars. So you're going to take money out of your paycheck before you get it. So because you never laid hands on it this year, you don't have to pay taxes on it this year. So that's what I mean by pre-tax dollars, mm-hmm. and it's going to grow depending on the allocation that you choose within the 401k. So and I
0: think that was something that I was really surprised by when I set mine up Hmm. like I got to do what Yeah, you
1: have to pick something right I
0: thought you just
1: put it in the the money in there yeah yeah no so you can literally put money into 401k that sits in cash which isn't going to grow for you right so you got to select some accounts within whatever your company's you know umbrella chose within their 401k right and then it's going to grow for a period of time uh you're typically not supposed to take money out of any kind of pre-taxed uh investments until you're 59 and a half so this is for retirement. There are a couple exceptions where you can get money out before then, like you could take money out for a first-time homebuyer uh, to buy a house. But uh, otherwise, if you take money out before you're 59 and a half you you're going to be penalized on it and pay taxes on it. Um, but you But you can't access it technically.
0: So if you use it for a down payment on a house, do the penalties go away?
1: Um, for first-time homebuyers, yeah. You really? Can use yeah, there, there is no penalty. You, you pay first- taxes on it. You pay taxes on it. it. Because it was never taxed before, right? But the gist that I want people to understand is you never pay taxes on it up front. So it's going to grow. So in theory, like if you think of a thousand bucks, right? If I don't take 33% taxes out, it's a full thousand bucks. It gets to grow for me till 59 and a half. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have a bigger pile at the end is the theory. Yeah. And then you're going to pay tax on it. But the reason why the government's happy with that is, hey, you have more money to pay tax on eventually because you're going to pay the piper eventually. Eventually. Eventually, right. Okay. So... So then when you do withdraw it, uh, 59 and a half, and you, you, that's the earliest you can get into it, um, but you know whether you're 65 or 72 or whatever, you're gonna be able to withdraw that money, and as you withdraw that money, you pay taxes on it at that time, which in theory, in theory, is when your tax bracket will be lower because you're not earning money anymore. So, you know, you're not
0: at 59 and a half though.
1: Well, 65 or whatever. Right.
0: I mean, that's just
1: right. So the idea is that you're going to be retired. You're going to be on a fixed income, whether it's social security or whatever else, this is the thought behind creating these is now you're going to be taxed a lower amount, but you have more money to get dip into. And the government's happy with that because you're not going to suck on the tit of the government if you have money to, (laughs) to live off of. Right. Um, is that okay to say?
0: Just, a, just a, create a very vivid visual in my head. I feel like reason. it's a very
1: accurate visual, <laughs> no. right?
0: And there's nothing like wrong a, with like that. Like a suckling
1: pig. Like, so, <laughs> so um, that's kind of the gist of what a 401k is, right? Now, what's interesting is, is that you also have options within the 401k uh, to identify it as. You can you can use Roth IRAs within your 401ks, right? Oh. So you you can. So you can actually choose to pay taxes now, which is a big, big deal. Um, pay tax upfront so it grows tax-free forever within it. You, you have that option with a lot of uh, companies nowadays, uh, which is, in my opinion, a better option. So uh, remember uh, a tax deferred means I don't pay taxes today, so I don't get taxed on it this year. It's gonna grow and then I'll pay tax in the, in the future. A, a Roth IRA is uh, something where you pay taxes this year but as it grows to whatever it's gonna be, you never pay tax on the money again, which oh. is a big, 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 big deal. So
0: But a Roth is not inside of the Borough. Yeah. In fact be. at our company, you can get a Roth. Yes. Oh, okay. I don't think that's how mine's set up.
1: Oh, you should do that. I'm glad well, we're talking. well maybe
0: it is. You know, you just never know.
1: <laughs> so so the the idea, so I know that's a lot to stomach if you're not kind of familiar with it. And maybe I did a good job of explaining it, maybe I didn't, but here's the gist of it, okay? Nine, I think this year nineteen thousand five hundred is how much an individual employee can contribute to a 401 k. Okay? okay, on got top it. of so that, max amounts. Right. One of the other benefits of 401 k's at a lot of companies, not all companies, is a lot of companies will match the contributions because they're going to try and help out their employees. It's an extra benefit, right? So, what a company might do is they might say, "Hey, I'll, I'll match six percent or three percent or two percent of whatever you contribute up to uh, a you know a maximum." Every company will change that number of earnings like maybe they'll contribute two percent up to a hundred thousand or maybe it's six percent up to 150 um up to
0: 150 of your earnings of earnings right okay
1: it, and they'll match it literally dollar for dollar but uh so basically what that math comes out to is maybe you'll get another eight to nine thousand on top of your 19.5 so that, that
0: so the max doesn't the, the match doesn't include the mat wait
1: you're saying they're ma- wrong. Yes, your contributions are separate. <laughs> separate. So up to ninety-five. If they match, and the company going to give you extra money, you can
0: still go higher. Right. Than so let's okay. just
1: say that uh, for easy number, it's not twenty, but let's just say it was you put in twenty thousand, and let's say for easy number, the company's match end up to five thousand bucks. What I want people to understand is that is a twenty-five percent guaranteed return day one. Yeah. Which you can't guarantee anywhere. To just take advantage of your company's match. So the first answer is is that if your company is matching anything. Yeah, max it out. Max like, it out. Do whatever you can. Get as much as you possibly can because it's free money that people leave on the table. And all the can't time.
0: you do either a dollar amount that you want to put in or a percentage? That's
1: correct. Yeah. So most companies, again, it's coming out of your paycheck, and so they don't want to call every employee every single month to say, "Hey, how much are you going to give this month?" Right. Right. So you're going to pick a, you know, five hundred or a thousand bucks a month. You're going to pay. You're going to pick five percent or eight percent of your paycheck. Um, whatever you want to do. Again, the key is you better budget first. Do your personal budget first. Right. Because you're not going to get this money to live off of. And it's not accessible to your 60, right? 59 and a half. Um, I've found though that people spend what's what they have that lands in their bank account in the oh, first place. Oh, yeah, for sure. So most people even notice it over time. So Absolutely. you start, if you're not comfortable with it, start off doing 200 bucks a month and go to 500 bucks a month and go to a thousand bucks. And bottom line is squeeze it out as high as you possibly can yeah. to get to the max of 19.5. Uh, and then there's also other rules like I haven't even got into, like there, you, there's actually catch-ups you can do. So you can, if oh, you're, if yes. you're older Tell than, uh, I think the age is 50. I, I want to say 50. I as think well. it's 50. If you're over age 50, you can throw extra money on top of this that you're allowed to put in. So it's not limited. So 19, the max
0: 50. goes away after 50. Well, the maximum
1: is higher. It's yeah, higher. The maximum I mean, is higher. There still is a max, but it's and okay. Th- and the reason I'm a little vague on the numbers is they do change every year or two. Yeah. Like they go up over time. Um, you know, you're allowed to save more. The contributions, the companies can change. Like we've seen companies go from six percent to zero percent based on last year's performance, right? Mm. Or sometimes they never had a match and then they just add it, right? Uh, but catch-ups also those change over time uh based based on the laws of the land. Um, but the cool thing about it is is it's a it's a out of sight. So this is the good side, the out of sight, out of mind For retirement sure. vehicle to put money that you never put your hands on so you don't have the ability to spend it, because we know forced savings works. Absolutely. You know, forced savings is, hey, it comes on my paycheck. I can't spend it. It's already over there. I, I don't Literally even think about it. So no it just kind of builds idea. up. Yep. Uh, just like forced savings with a, a mortgage is, a portion of every payment is principal. So it's just kind of, you add up equity over years. Uh, and those are two big places for wealth in America, right? Um, what I think the question though, because the I think the the viewer that asked specifically about what's in a 401k I think is, is more of the question. So let's talk about the out of sight, out of mind. That's a bad thing. And then what you should be looking for. Okay. Okay. So the bad part is, uh, I, I alluded to it earlier, but, uh, abandoned 401ks is not good, right? right? Like people have, li- I know of people that I've done loans for that for sure have worked at a company for 20 years. They had money going to 401k forever. They they have other wealth or means or maybe they were ex military, so they've got retirement income, so they don't really need to tap into retirement and then de- they die. And they never ever never. went and got that big chunk of money and it's yeah. found hopefully at some point in the future by somebody else. But what happens not, if nobody finds it? I don't know that answer. Uh I know that the the, the account stays intact into perpetuity. Just Until with some, it's
0: uh, some company is just right, in there.
1: Right. And they're happy to do it because they'll make they're making yeah. more money than they're giving in interest, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, or in the investments. They're getting some sort of management fee on it. Um and those management fees went up a couple of years ago too. So like it's a real deal. It, yeah. the, the management fees went up because the compliance of it went up. Um but bottom line is like that's a bad thing. So um what should you do? A reminder on your calendar semi annually mm-hmm. or quarterly to just look at your balance. Look at the balance. It's kind of cool to watch it grow anyways, yeah. but uh, if it's not growing, it should like cause pause. If you're contributing every month and the value went down, the- <laughs> this would be a good indicator. Like, There's a problem. I should probably dive into this further because yeah. it is your money for your retirement. right? So that outside of mind is weird. I, I know a lot of people that literally have no idea what they're invested in. They have no idea how much is in their 401k. They don't know how to... They don't have a login set up yeah, to take a all look at the, it. all very real. They're they're, things. they're real things and <laughs> the challenges of the west uh, of the Western world, right? Um, on the but uh, that
0: goes to lack of education. If you don't know, right. you don't know.
1: Well, yeah, most people sign up for most people that I've seen. So I've got a company that has a matching 401 k. Right? Yeah, most like it takes a tremendous amount of pushing and prodding just to get everyone to sign up. Right. And then a more to get them to max it out because most people don't max it out, whether it's a budget issue or not, they don't max it out. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing is like to look at it. And then the fourth thing is, well, have you ever bothered to look at what the returns are and what you're invested in or Correct. not? Correct. Right?
0: a, I mean, it's it's a job. Yep.
1: So so like our 401k is managed by Fidelity. This is not a promotion of Fidelity, it just happens to be who our yeah. company uses. Uh, I didn't pick it, my company dictated it to me, right? <laughs> my HR department did. So uh, that's who is, is like holding it, right? Um, but what happens when a 401k is set up is your company and the HR will pretty much pick out a selection of five to 10 investments that you can choose to put your money in inside of it. And they, they are required to give some information around risk tolerance. Like these are considered higher risk investments. These gotcha. are considered lower risk investments. In some cases they'll even give like, uh, um like if you invest in this this is a investment to retire in 30 years so this is something okay. that's good for retiring in thir- they'll give like a time frame investments Okay uh, and quite often there are most of the time there are going to be mutual funds or bond funds or value or growth. Slow
0: and steady. Uh,
1: well, you have right? all of them. There'll be aggressive growth, growth, they'll value. Um, right. But for the income. one you were talking about. Right. So, but for, if it's long term, 30 years away, then that's going to be, if you don't understand it, the further away you are from, from retirement, most financial planners as a rule will say, Hey, take higher risk, right? You, you, got, know, you got, you got time to recover, yeah. right? So you might be in a, aggressive growth or growth. Uh, a lot of people, though, don't understand that thought process because getting eight or 9% for 30 years versus four or 5% for 30 years is a huge, huge. difference in what's left in retirement, like what that 401k turns into or yeah. an in- investment turns into. So the understanding of, I am naturally a conservative person. I don't know what I'm doing. So what do you think the average person that picks an uh, a, a mutual fund inside of 401k would probably the safest the safest one
0: safest yeah which
1: literally could be cash right (laughs) it could literally be your same side money money aside in a cash account or setting aside in in a income fund which is yielding two percent a year or something like that um and that's not really what the purpose of the 401k is i guess uh is the best way to say it um so really starting to understand, you gotta you gotta take the time to educate yourself a little bit. I'll tell you a little cheat sheet, like that yeah. I told you to do, and, and that I tell everyone to do is, don't try to figure it out. Ask a financial <laughs> planner what they would do. <laughs> yeah. So literally, it's a great introduction to any financial planner. They're happy to take a look at it. They're not gonna be able to take your 401k away because they can't do it right. themselves but it's a door opener for a financial planner to get other business from you sure and so they'll happily do a free review for you just take your 401k options and products yeah you know and sit down with a financial planner and say hey here's my here's what it is i'm 26 years old what would you recommend what would you recommend I, and yeah. so any good financial planner will go through it all they'll compare each of the funds to their peers they'll tell you which ones are are the best performing with the lowest risk or some combination and they'll tell you. Mm -hmm. And so that's what, you know, Ron did for you as an example. For
0: sure. And then you want to review those, you know, because time goes by fast. And so, you know, the need to move things around or be more aggressive in some areas or turn it back to be more moderate. It happens way faster than, than we can even think about. So it's good to have those reviews because things change. And,
1: And I'll tell you a couple of reasons why. Um, Again, outside of my mind, this where it gets you in trouble. So it's a different conversation with a 25-year-old than a 55-year-old. Totally. Okay. So let's take this year, for example, who Mm -hmm. knew that it was going to be like the highest the market's ever been Uh, ever after this this pandemic. And it's probably going to run a little bit further right now because we're about to, uh, or we just invested another over $900 billion in stimulus, which is a good thing for, you know, stocks. So what i'm saying is is that if you are 58 years old, 55 years old, you've got a 401k, you haven't looked at for a long time and you just had the a great run this year if you're invested anything decent you had a great return in 2020 uh, uh looking back then reallocation is super important okay. okay so here's what i mean by that maybe you took a conserve or a, you're like you know what i'm going to put 50% of my money in this aggre- in this more aggressive Choice within my 401k, Mm -hmm. and I take 50% of it and maybe make it a more moderate or or low risk investment. Mm -hmm. And I made that choice 10 years ago and I've been contributing. Well, it worked. The aggressive shit paid off more. Mm -hmm. Well, now you're not 50 50. At today's value over those last 10 years, you might literally be 90% aggressive and 10% stable. Gotcha. Right? Gotcha. Yeah. So if you're looking down the barrel of retirement in two years, reallocation is what i'm talking about you need to at least level it up again like yeah. get back to and again this is not financial advice this is like just basic ideas just ideas, general c- ideas of what to think about but it. but the idea is that you should be more conservative as you get closer to your retirement date because you can't stand to take a 30% loss the year before you retire Oof. right that means yeah. you're going to work a few more years yeah. so yep. that that reallocation is super important and on the flip side maybe uh in some years you know it's been 14 years or more since you know value and income stocks have done well. Um like bond rates have been dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping. You know, when you look at the interest rates for mortgages, the federal funds rate, all these have been dropping. So those income funds are paying lower and lower and lower and lower as far as the fixed income funds, uh, or specifically bonds. So what was a good investment 15 years ago for somebody that's about to retire? no longer really is because what's the point of getting a 0.9% return on your investment? Right. Um and maybe you need to reallocate the other way uh, because maybe you're not on your mark. Maybe you don't have enough money to retire yet. And again, in between 5 years, 10 years, 15 years out, you have to with your own risk tolerance, have a good discussion with somebody that's not you. Yeah. And you can't be afraid to ask the questions. That's like so, that's yeah. the super important thing Absolutely. to understand is like it's money that is either working for or against you. Mm-hmm. And it's usually uh unmanaged. Yeah. It's just over just there. Just over there. Yeah. And it becomes substantial, you know? Yeah. Especially if you do this for 10, 15, 20, 30 and years. What's
0: cool too is, you know, when we set up all of our stuff with our financial advisor, it's you start, you kind of back into the number that you're looking for by figuring out how much you're gonna need to retire. And based on, okay, so if you want to retire at 65 and you're going to live until you're 95, if you're living exactly the way you live now at $10,000 a month, then mm-hmm. that's, you need X amount of dollars in your retirement account to never work again, like at, from it. 65 to 95. Okay. Um, that was a huge number for us. We were, I was like, well, geez, I mean, a lot of money but at least we know the number mm-hmm. and then you can back into really what you need to be saving every month and that can kind of help guide the decisions yep. and um help you when you're looking at your where you're going in to review it where are you at yep and how's it how's it performing are you on track are you way behind
1: well, that's why you have to have a professional and it's never too too early to start and it's never too late to start right yeah but, but you know it's the embarrassment piece i think so many people get stuck on yeah you know? um and especially like i hope you heard if you're older to like well i never got started i can't get, get caught up well shit there's literally there's, a, there's a catch up. literally <laughs> they le- let you save more later on because you're closer to retirement and the government wants to encourage you to have your own money so that you don't you're not as reliant on the government's handouts. Right. right.
0: So what about people that don't work for a company that has
1: 401Ks? 401Ks. Yeah, because you have to be basically, a, uh, you got to have a company that that provides it, right? So where you typically run into issues is self-employed people or commissioned people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, while you're not going to have a 401K, you can still go, anyone can go buy a IRA, a Roth IRA, a, a self-employed pension. If you're self-employed, self-employed pension plan, it's called a SEP. Uh, which is a SEP IRA. So it, you still have the same options of vehicles. So meaning when I say vehicles, you can still choose a uh, tax deferred account. Okay. Traditional IRA. A uh, uh, a Roth IRA. So you pay tax on it today and never pay on it again. Uh, and they, and it,
0: there's maxes on the amounts you can put into those yearly, you right? you can
1: put into it. And there's maxes uh, in some of the accounts. There's a maximum income that you're allowed to contribute to it at all as well. So again, there's, there's too many details. Just kind of lay every single thing out. But in general, the answer is yes, there's absolutely a investment platform that's available for setting aside retirement money that falls within that same category of rules Mm -hmm. where you can for sure put money in. That's going to be tax deferred or tax free. Um, that's protected under the IRA laws.
0: So, if I'm a self-employed person and I go to a financial advisor and say I want to set up a 401k,
1: they'll uh, say, "Well, if it depends. Like, are you a company? Because then your whole if you have a 401k for your company, everyone has to have access to it, right? So, or if you're just if you own that little company or your commission, you just say, "I want to go set up a SEP." So right. you
0: would not do a, if you were a it se- depends.
1: It's a big cost, big expense, and big benefit to your employees, but it's a big cost and big expense. But if I don't have employees. Yeah, so you wouldn't do a 401k. Um you're gonna okay. just you'd probably do a SEP in that case, okay. uh, is is what I would imagine my financial planner would tell me. Okay. Yep. But it's an um, option. It's absolutely an option. It's an option. Yeah, you okay. can yeah. So So um,
0: anyone can have one.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, It's uh it's it just basically protects you from taxes. Right. Yeah. it it's encourages it encourages um, uh, people to set money aside for themselves. The whole reason for it is, you know it's a ongoing argument. Will social Security be right. there for me when I retire, right? Um, th- social Security as it is will definitely not be there for us when we retire. Um, so
0: walk through that. I don't understand because we're all, so paying everybody's paying getting, into it, yeah, right? So
1: yeah, everyone's paying into it, uh, and it's because we're not going to take away the benefits of our grandparents right now. Uh, so let me explain this a different way. The original, when Social Security was set up, it was a great idea to take care of people once they once they retire. Uh, but what the what was flawed in the equation of how much money would be need needed by the government to fund it. Was based on people dying at a younger age. Got it. Okay, so in the thirties. So basically,
0: they're not collecting enough from us.
1: Well, yeah. So and there's a couple questions here, and we'll get into politics here, just piss a few people off. <laughs> um, but basically, the idea was, hey, you're gonna work your whole life, and the government's gonna make sure that you, you that you are able to retire it later comfortably and not be destitute, right? And so people paid in, and they worked till you know fifty or fifty five. But back in the twenties and thirties, you die when you're sixty. You, you die right. when you're sixty five. And how
0: old? How how long have four hundred and one k accounts been around?
1: Uh, I don't know when it started, so I can't answer that one. Um, so in but this is it's, it's they weren't around in the forties. Okay, and 30s. so I'm like, this, is, this like, is a this is a bridge. This they encourage it's people like, to because
0: they they hadn't set up a vehicle for there retirement. Wasn't the need.
1: So what you got a picture is is that. The death tables, like I remember when my youngest daughter was born, you know, she's now eight. So, get this, this one really weird me out. So, I get life insurance on my kids, not because I want life insurance on my kids. I get it so that I can give it to them later down, down the road. And if they have a pre existing condition that might prevent them from being able to get their own life insurance when they're 30 oh, with their yeah, own yeah, children, yeah. yeah. They already have it. it, can't be taken away. And it's super, super cheap when you're a kid. Like, super, like I think I pay. For a quarter, for a quarter million bucks or something like that. No, I'm going get the. Let uh, me get this exactly right. I think I pay four hundred and fifty bucks a year for life insurance on each of my kids, for a a, a substantial life balance. Again, I don't know what that balance is because I don't want the money. I want my kids to live right, to the hundred. Right. 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 But my point is, is that when I applied for it, the death tables for a girl born eight years ago said she's going to live to hundred and seven. That's what it was based on. That's what that life insurance wow. was based on it was 107. So what's crazy to think about is, okay, social security was set up to, your, you know, the the old people will get it for five or 10 years five and they die. Years. And now the old people are getting it for 40 years. Right. So, uh, and we haven't fixed the problem, right? So you, we, uh, all people that are working, working are still contributing in unless you're trying to evade taxes, which pay your damn share, please, <laughs> because... Your grandma needs it. <laughs> okay. Um, so you know, we're all paying in, but the problem is as American politics have shifted and American values have shifted, is there's more people taking from the US government than giving to it. That's and a it, problem. Uh, yeah. Right? Like simple business. If you spend more money than you sure. earn, it's gonna be a problem, right? So why I say that but a lot theory, of that
0: has to do with what you just explained. People are living lo- like
1: they, or choosing not to work.
0: Or choosing not, to, yeah.
1: Or choosing not to work able-bodied people that are choosing not to work yeah, yeah. or able-bodied people that have lots and lots and lots and lots of kids for the check. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So not popular conversation, but a reality. Yeah. Because when you have more people that are alive in the United States that get a check, then give taxes. That is a untenable situation. So the reason why I say whether or not social security will be there or not in, you know, I'm 42. So whether it'll be there when I'm 65 or not, it, could be, it won't be the same. It's impossible right, because for it people to be the are same. still going
0: to be working and paying into it.
1: Yeah, but uh, what um, there will be people working paying into it. But the problem is, is that uh, if you go back a hundred years, seventy-five percent of your populace might be between. And by the way, we let kids work seventy-five years ago. Seventy-five percent of people might be between ages fifteen and sixty, still working. Okay. So you only have twenty-five percent of people that are taking on the social security. Right, not real numbers, but you get the point. Sure. Now you have forty uh, percent of people that are working age that are paying in, so there's still people paying in. Yeah. But you've got people that are living for forty or fifty years on Social Security that are taking a check every day. So what these people are paying in is going to keep paying what's needed for Grandma to survive right now. Right. But where's the money going to come from for those of us that are paying in when we're in like the 20s and 30-year-olds right now?
0: Well, yeah. Where's
1: that money coming from? Because we're outspending what we're putting in, right? So what what I'm saying is it's not a free lunch. At some point, most people believe the adjustment will be either we're going to have to tax people more today to freaking put more money in there. And we have to do it right away because you can't wait 10 more years and hope it's going to work out or the benefits will be less.
0: So they can't pay as much. Right. Right. So So you can't, you won't be able to live off of it. Right.
1: Which is why the government started incentivizing things like 401ks, like IRAs, like Roth IRAs, like SEPs to say, "Miss Citizen, please help us by taking care of yourself. Right. Please save money. (laughs) And what's really cool is that people that get that and have been financially free for a long time, um, I'm not going to say his name, but one of my mentors, one of my actual coaches today. Ha, is retirement age and has been for years and will choose to never take a dollar from social security, even though he's entitled it.
0: So you just don't apply for it.
1: Just never apply for it. Got it. Because he realizes that he did fine and everyone else and is can, effed. Yeah. Right. So there will be some of us. I will, uh, I will choose that. I'll probably never take a dollar from social security ever. Um, as long as my situation doesn't change, I will never, there won't be a reason to, but the point is, is that like, are you going to cross your fingers and hope to God that the government's going to figure it out for you? As they is it wrong to say
0: take it and invest it somewhere and then get and then be able to? I don't know. What do you mean,
1: it? take it, and invest it somewhere?
0: Well, like apply for it, get it.
1: If you need it, you take it. That's what it's for.
0: And then invest it to then give it to someone else. I don't know. I don't know. It just seems weird not no, to take it because it doesn't seem like. I get what you're saying, but it doesn't seem like.
1: I don't think that's. I don't
0: think there's enough people that would do that.
1: Well, that's not going to fix the problem. Is the point right? <laughs> Which goes back to the, the the choice today for people that are listening is, don't fucking cross your fingers and hope that the government's going to take care of you. Take advantage of things like IRAs and SEPs to gamble on yourself. Not gamble on the government being ready. Well, because here's the thing: really all you choices. need to do
0: is go find out how much you need to not work and live happily for thirty years,
1: and it will encourage you to saving. start saving. You'll start saving, yeah, or plan on working the rest of your life. I because, mean, there's a reason for that. There's, you know,
0: if you get fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred, two thousand dollars a month in social security, yeah, you're not living the way you're living right now, like.
1: Yep. So well, hopefully not. Yep.
0: I mean, it's not going to be, it's not the answer. Right. Once you see the a number. Lot of people,
1: a lot of people are choosing that life and choosing to, to bet on that. Now, uh, well, I, I, I want say, people I mean, also I guess you, like, know, you have it's your not heart not heart not off. Heart, It's not a heartless conversation either. Like, I get that there's extenuating circumstances for a lot of families. I get yeah. that. Right. Um, but uh, one of the things that I, I try to work on for myself and I hope people work on for themselves is. You know, if you get a paycheck, and this goes back to the budgeting sector, right? If you get a paycheck and you can't account for every dollar, you should feel a little gross. Yes, it does. Right? It feels like, really bad. Like when you, when you like get a credit you card, card bill. It makes
0: you just want to like, I don't even want to look at it.
1: Right. But not everyone feels that <laughs> way, right? So the, the problem is, is like when you get a credit card bill and you're spending an extra thousand bucks and you're like, what the hell did I spend a thousand bucks on? Oof. Like that's the shit that should be going into your 401k to protect yourself for your future. Like yeah. that's why the budgeting is so, so, so important. And so uh, in, in another piece of this puzzle is like cur- the current available uh, contribution is 19500 So don't think that saving $5,000 a year is going to help you retire either, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, I'm putting aside my 400 bucks a month. That's uh, $4,800 a year. Okay, cool. That is a great starting point. That's a great starting point. Good for you for doing it. Yeah. And don't stop doing that based on what I'm saying. What I'm saying is figure out how to give 500 Beg, borrow, steal, cheat—you uh, know—break down that 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 budget a little bit more to save four hundred and fifty, because I do think more people will need it than they than people care to admit.
0: And I still think this goes back to it is so hard to imagine being sixty or sixty-five and living till ninety-five and not working.
1: Yep. And that's it's why a lot really of people are going to re- are keep working. A lot of people are going to have to keep working.
0: But it's hard to connect with that thought process, mm-hmm. make, making it harder to see the benefit of why it's important to save. Because right. it's so bizarre, right? Well, and that's <laughs>
1: that disconnect we've, about between the generations too, right? Like, my dad's 74. He's still working. Like, kudos to him. Mm-hmm. I asked him why because he doesn't have to. He said, because I want to contribute. Yeah. Like, it's not for the money. But the other it's thing is, what contribute. do you do?
0: What do you do? You know, I mean, you got to have a lot of hobbies to fill. Well, that's the the truth.
1: There's a lot of people lose their identity and lose their value um, when they don't work. I'm not saying put your value in who you are and what you do. What I am saying is like a lot of people sit on the couch and die. They get diabetes and die. Yeah um yeah. like it, it happens right like absolutely people, it, it's like you got to keep moving you got to keep
0: using your brain yeah being around people learning things like
1: do crossword puzzles so you don't get alzheimer's as fast or sudoku. as fast or sudoku right i did
0: so many right. over the bra ever i was like man i it, could still do it i used to do it in college all the time
1: and My mom still does the crossword, pro- the whatever the New York Times crossword puzzle. I can't do like, crossword puzzles every single day. She's freaking smart.
0: That's really good.
1: She's, she probably does them in pen too. She huh? does. Uh, <laughs> I need to ask her. I don't want to lie. I, I imagine she does because she does. takes it very seriously. She probably does. But you know, that's the that's the ideas is like if if you're listening to this, you're probably like a self help person. If I already give a message, it's like please stop relying on other people, and please hope don't hope for somebody else to figure it out for you. Yeah. And like. I've become over time a very curious person, um, curious about my surroundings, curious about politics, curious about money, curious, 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 because uh, I think we were hand-fed, spoon-fed information that's just not real. Um, that's where I struggle so with politics. There's so much out there I, too, yeah. You know,
0: it's one of those, I just, I am, I don't know if I'm just not mentally prepared to like start uncovering the things that... I would find when digging into to politics and my other thing too is I really struggle um, I, th- I think this comes from because we do a lot of video we do a you know, we do the podcast I understand how much is edited and sent. you know like you can see yeah. um, the sound bites yeah and and the idea of a sound bite or a piece of micro content is to be enticing to excite people to be Drive them to listen to the podcast. Right. There's no context.
1: Yeah. To what's being said. To
0: what's being said. There's, that's what it's missing. And so, right. you know, you start, I mean, you, uh, you know, it's just, it's hard to know where to.
1: Where to listen. Where, where to, to, to. Yeah. Well, and exactly. that's why I would just say, be just be curious. Like, don't, um, like one thing that I believe very, very uh, deeply is that if I'm relying on somebody else to make me happy, I'm going to be disappointed a lot. I mean. Right. So if you're, in a, if you're relying on your government to really take care of you, you're going to be disappointed at some point in your life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just because the equation is not a good equation. We're creating way more debt than we're creating of value or money, right? We're outspending our role. Mm-hmm. Our budget is broken. We are definitely <laughs> using a credit card as a, as a country, right? Yeah. So what people need to listen to when it comes to politics, and this is the hardest thing to say, but it's a platform I really believe in is like, you got to stop voting for what's in your best interest and you got to start voting for what's in your country's best interest. Right. Yeah. Cause a lot of
0: people say, you know, I just want to make, I want to make it better for my kids, you know, and, and their, and their kids and the future generations. And so that's where that thought process comes in. It's like, you got to think, Really, what's going to set up the best for them?
1: Yeah. And so, you know, people will ask me, like, am I a Democratic-Republican? It's like, yeah, I'm probably the most central Republican you're ever going to find because I'm fiscally responsible, so I'm a Republican from that perspective, but socially, I'm kind of in the middle. Yeah. Like, I don't care who you marry. I just don't. I just don't um, either. Yeah. You know, but... Um, but that's not a popular view. And God forbid I should ever run as a Republican. I can't ever say that ever, right? I can't, as a Democrat, God forbid, Scratch like I that, say. edit, edit. Right, well, no, it's fine. And God forbid I ever run for office as a Democrat because I'm saying like, cut back some programs. Like, right. But the truth of the matter is, is like that's not being said enough and loud enough that at some point you've got to balance the books. If you don't balance the books, it's going to break. And so when it comes to money and it comes to 50 years from now, if we don't balance the books, we're our country's in for a freaking whirlwind. Mm. And the way you can protect yourself and the way you can protect your family is to not freaking rely on them. Yeah. And that means making hard choices now with your own personal money, it makes, it's hard choices now with your savings, it's uh being curious about a subject that you might not give a shit about, right? But will pay dividends for you in the future and protect your family. So, um you know that that uh generational gap I was saying my dad works as age of 74 and you, you've got kids today, you know, 20 year olds that will say, well, shame on him. Like, uh, um, you know, you should live for the moment, not for, for retirement. Right. Uh, they're saying that you, you know, screw the job, go travel the world. That sounds really fun, <laughs> but that means that my ass is gonna be paying for you. <laughs> right. right? Yes. Like what, when you have no money and you break your leg on Mount Everest and you come back, they're still going to set your leg. My insurance just went up because yeah. you don't have any. Uh, and that's the problem. So
0: I, that raised a question for me. So if, so for your, if you have a 401k and you get disabled and are unable to continue working, does that change anything from the rules of the 401k and when you can access it?
1: Um, I do think that, I do think that there's a way to access it. If you are, if it's a major medical, I do believe that's the case. I don't know that'd be true. Uh, I am going to invite because if you don't have
0: long-term insurance, well,
1: that's well, you technically have some Social Security disability uh, in the when you're less than sixty-five. If if you have a major issue, right, so you have some money that you can get from the government for being disabled or unemployed,
0: not from your company though, right?
1: No, not unless you pay for it. Like our company, you can pay into a disability insurance, right? Which and also
0: I, goes away if you don't work for them. So if I right. if I paid right. into it as an employee of Legacy Mutual and I'm no longer working with oh, Legacy Mutual, that is gone. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a month-by-month month
1: thing. It's a year-by-year year thing. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and most disability insurances, well, the whole point of it is to bridge a gap from your age till retirement age. So disability insurance is not forever. It gets you to... Mm. Uh, to when you half. can access right. your... So that you can access Social Security. It's like that, that bridge, which I find disability insurance to be extremely, extremely important. Extremely important to have. Yeah. Uh, especially if you built this perfect budget based on X and if you don't have any inflow, what happens? Right. So, um, you know, looking at it's expensive though, because why it's, very, it's, yeah. it's, it's very expensive and it's very, and the reason it's expensive is guess what? People use it. Mm-hmm. Like you can't pick when the car hits you. You right. can't pick when you fall off the ladder. Like that yeah. shit happens. Right. So it's, it's just one of those insurance I think is, is super important to have. Yeah. Especially in the formative years where you're doing well. So you have somebody to protect. But you're not well enough that you could self insure. Like during that period of time, having disability insurance is super important. No different than long term care insurance. You know, long term care insurance is something people talk about a lot, which is you know, uh, you're old and gray, hopefully, not everyone's old and gray when they need it, Uh, but uh, you and your spouse are doing well, and then your spouse gets Parkinson's Mm -hmm. and they're degenerating pretty fast and they need full time care. Uh, well, that is super expensive now. It's getting more expensive every year that goes by, mm-hmm. and that can bleed a retirement for the living spouse to nothing yeah. because you're paying for that. So so when should people have long-term care insurance? Well, you shouldn't have it at all if you have nothing in the bank because that's what Medicaid Medicaid is for. Medicaid will pay for you to Got be it. at the nursing home, right? Uh, but if you have something to protect for, or you want to pass stuff to your family or... You have another spouse that needs the freaking money, like they're, they're yeah. hopefully gonna live 10 years longer than you or whatever, then having long-term care insurance to to protect that wealth is important. And then at the very end of the spectrum, which is where, you know, you have more money than you're ever gonna spend in your life, don't have long-term care insurance because, because you can, you can self-insure. You can, you can, can self-insure, it. it's not gonna impact you. So, you know, thinking through things like disability insurance and long-term care insurance, things like that are 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 aspects to it. Uh, but it's the overall picture of, of if I were to say about being curious with your company, like the next time you have a uh, an enrollment period again, like sit in on it. <laughs> A lot of people- They're very informative. They're, right. Like, I'm very, It's funny to me, like how many people go, will sit the same company for 10 years and they went once so they don't show up the enrollment periods anymore. They just-, really, yeah, just Well, they up. change. They do, they do change, but people miss them. It's like, okay, what does this mean when my coverage changes? What does this mean with this higher deductible, with the lower cost? Yeah. People go to lower cost, but what is, do I have the ability to write right. that check with a bigger deductible? Uh, oh, there's there's new eye insurance or ear insurance or disability insurance. <laughs> we have
0: ear insurance. Right.
1: Uh, <laughs> auditory. What is it called? I think it's auditory. Oh, uh, you're
0: serious? I think we just have eyes. I don't know. I didn't sit it on it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure we have both. <laughs> but I didn't want um, to change anything. Yeah, but disability insurance, all that stuff's in there. I
0: chose intentionally not to sit in on it because we decided nothing was changing. We did look at it. <laughs> That's fine.
1: Hey. As long as you made a choice. Unless at least you thought about it. Most people don't give it a second thought. I right? made an
0: intentional choice. Yep. It's very different. But, um okay. So last thing on the 401ks. Mm-hmm. So um can you so if you're if your 401k is um connected to your company because you're an employee when does it go with you if you leave and when um, when doesn't it? Good and what, is, what does that look like?
1: Yeah, so your 401k is your money. So the company can't keep it from you, right? Now, what they can do is there can be a vesting schedule. Okay. So meaning that they're Portion of contributions, you have to be a, there are a certain number of years to fully vest. To fully vest. So they might say it's a retention tool, right? So they might say, "Hey, listen, I'll give you a great match, six percent match. Mm-hmm. So now you're getting an extra nine grand a year for four, five, six years. Uh, but if you leave in year one, I'm gonna take it all back. If you yeah. la- leave in year three, I'll take twenty five percent back. If you or seventy five percent back. If you leave in, if you're there for six years, you're fully vested. So when you leave, if you retire or if you just move companies. You get your whole 401k plus the match. So, but oh. they but they can't keep your money so from you. So what you put in, what you, you put get in, you can leave whenever. Yeah. It's, oh, it's interesting. Your, yeah, that was your I earnings. Did not, I did
0: not know that. That was your earnings. Well, they, I've always thought that was weird.
1: Well, they can't keep that from you. They can yeah. keep their match. Right. That's uh, super and interesting. That's what, that's what the vesting schedule is for. Right. It uh,
0: is the vesting schedule set by the company. Yep. Okay. So and it's a
1: retention tool. Okay. You know, it's and and it's smart. Right. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, people that are... That's
0: a big investment. I mean...
1: Well, especially once you're in a couple of years and it's like, well, if I stick it out for two more years, I'm fully vested. And that happens to be a year that they get in a fight with their boss. Mm-hmm. It's like, do I really hate my boss so much I'm going to leave 30 grand on the table? Absolutely. Right? Like, maybe I should just stick it out for two more just years. Just stick
0: it out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so
1: that that's kind of the the thought process behind it. Um, that's a good question, by the way. So um, what I would say is that especially a, a an abandoned 401k, you like homework, go find that shit and move it over to a managed account. Like that's the f- easiest low-hanging fruit to get an introduction to a uh, financial planner. Like What do you mean? Say that again. What I mean is like you left Maryland, moved to Texas, you had a 401k okay. your old company that has 100 grand in it. I see. Don't leave it there. Like bring it with you, find a local financial planner and say, "Hey, uh Bob, I need you to to take over my 401k while you're at it, will you give me some advice on reallocation. Yeah. How do you like the investments choices that are in this? Should we move this over to a Roth IRA? Because you can actually take, uh, with current laws, which is super interesting. If you don't know this, talk to your financial planner about this. You can currently take a traditional IRA right now and do a a rollback and basically make it a a Roth IRA. Now you're gonna pay taxes on whatever you're moving back over. But if you're pretty bullish about, yeah, I'm gonna keep on saving. This money's gonna be worth a lot and more in 30 years. Make it a Roth immediately. Like, just bite the bullet. Understand okay. what the tax consequence is. Yeah. Uh, today. What are
0: the penalties and taxes? Like, are they pretty steep?
1: No, that's not a penalty. A penalty. Sorry, would be Sorry, I draw just it. I switched yeah. gears.
0: So on your 401k. Yeah. So if you take it out are you access. Ten percent
1: penalty and pay the taxes at your income. And
0: the penalty is paid when? Uh,
1: the company will will withhold. Okay. Ten percent. Okay. So a penalty is ten percent uh, withholding. So if you have. 100 grand that's in there, and you say, Screw it, I don't like the market anymore, give me my cash, send me a check, mm-hmm. they'll send you 90. Okay. Uh, okay and so then the- now they sent you 90, but you're going to be taxed on all of it, right? All like, it. because you've never paid taxes on any of the money right. ever. So if you're in the 35% tax bracket, you now owe a $35,000 check too. Roughly, rough numbers. I'm not CPA. Okay. So it's so based on your you, tax bracket. It's oh, your yeah. tax bracket. It's Got real it. income, right? Got, okay. And so, okay. and you just increased your income tax bracket. Oh, crap. Yeah. If you made 100000 as a family this year and then you do a $100,000 withdrawal from your 401k in the same year, your tax bracket's now based on 200000 not on $100,000. So
0: are there times that it does make sense? Have you seen any, like, to take it out or?
1: No. No. Um,
0: and are there any other Let non-penalty? Me, by the way,
1: that was, I just replayed what I just said in, in my head. in error. You pay it at your real income tax rate. You don't. It's not plus hundred thousand. Just so you know. So if your if your tax bracket is based on hundred thousand, you do a withdrawal. It's whatever the income tax rate is at that time. Okay. Um, it's not an added burden. So I apologize for that. I was just like, no, okay. that didn't sound right. So. Um, so but your question was, uh, is there ever a time to withdraw it? Okay. So there's always an exception. To every rule. Sure. The purpose of a 401k is to never touch it ever till you're old. Sure. That's right? right. So start there. Um, accessing it for a house is an arguable reason to take some money. Unless
0: you're a first time home buyer.
1: Well, if you're a first time home buyer, then you're able to get some. That's what I'm saying. That's a reason to take some money out.
0: Because there's no penalty, but you are taxed.
1: You're taxed on what you withdraw because you've not been taxed before, but you're not going to get that 10% assessment either. So if it's the difference of you having a house for your family and children and not, I could see the argument there. Although I'd also say that just be remember, you can borrow for a house, you can't borrow for retirement. Right. So if there's a different way to do less money down or get a down payment assistance program and keep your money working for you. Or get a gift. Or get a gift, yeah, something like that. I would say there's lots of better options than taking money from four hundred and one k So the only other option is, I mean, honest to God, you lost your job. You've been unemployed now with your self-employed business for six months. The pandemic looks like it's gonna go on for another year. Uh, you don't have any prospects at all to get in a job. Okay. Cash is cash. Okay. You need to live. So so, so it yes, really does
0: sound like a very, very last resort.
1: It is your last resort. Okay. Yeah, because here's the thing. There is no last resort for your retirement money. Mm-hmm. Like, oops, I didn't save enough. There's not like a panic button you can pull, right? <laughs> it is, there is a panic button you can pull at age 40 when you can access your 401k because you lost your job. So you want to leave that as a last resort sure. because if that money is not there to take care of you in your retirement, good luck. Now you're going to have to make some really horrible choices. Like, um, I've got a really wonderful aunt, really wonderful human being. Like she, she's always loved me and taken great care of me. Right. And, uh, like many Americans, she definitely lives on social security and Medicaid and, uh, and whatever my dad and I can help out with. Right. Um, and it just is what it is, right? You know, uh, it, it's what a lot of Americans are going to deal with, right? Um, but she did have to move out of her house that she was in for 75 years because couldn't keep up with it, upkeep taxes, insurance. Yeah. It just, even though it's free and clear, couldn't keep up with it. Um, and had to go to a housing situation that is subsidized government housing mm-hmm. and based on the little bit of social security because most of her jobs over the years were part-time or commission jobs or like just on the side jobs where she wasn't paying taxes in the social security amount is less less. Yeah. So it's just harder. Right. Yeah. So again, that's the whole point is, is that this is why, um, you got to focus on it as early as you can, but don't give up because more, Starting at age fifty-five to sixty is better than I give up. I'm fifty-five. I'm never going to be able to save enough. Having something is a big deal. Totally, right? absolutely. And and I would also say this is a good message for everyone that you know. Right now, I think that there's a bigger disparity between the haves and the have-nots as a result of 2020. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, there is a very clear line of demarcation of the companies and businesses and industries that did really, really, really well. Right. And the yeah. companies and businesses and industries that really suffered. Right. And so what I would challenge everyone in this new year, in 2021, 2022, is be more generous, right? Like yeah. if you can find a cause, like shoot, all the food banks nationwide are empty, right? So if yeah. you did a really, really, really well last year, please write a check to a food bank, you know, yeah. if, uh, but you
0: know what schools are doing too. And I uh-huh. really find this to be very, very generous. The, the lunches and breakfast have been free since they went back. Well, for your district, yeah, for our district, for Northeast, yeah, yeah. which is really very nice. But you know, it's the money's coming from somewhere. Yeah, we're
1: going to raise the taxes on you. So that's what property taxes are for. Uh, Which is fine, though. I I think it's a great program. Right? Again, it's not sustainable. You can't just keep on giving everyone free food. Right? 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 Yeah,
0: I'm sure it'll. But yeah, things like that
1: matter. And so you know, just. Be more generous, maybe in 2021, if you're doing really well, like don't just like keep it all for yourself. And this goes back to that rule of 30, 30, 10, 30. And yeah. find something to be passionate about. And if you don't have something, that's great. You will eventually have something that you're passionate about because somebody's gonna get sick or die around you. Mm-hmm. And don't wait for that to be the reason for you to get behind something. Yeah. Go find somebody else's cause. You know, I just uh without too many details, like I'm very fortunate right this second. My parents and my kids and my wife and I are all healthy. Pray, please pray to God. <laughs> Um so I literally went to my team like a couple days ago and I said hey raise your hand if you have a really super passionate cause that you're part of and found out who they were and I gave money to all their charities right yeah, like it was for me it was for me it's important to do that right it's Incredible yeah Um but uh regard most faiths regardless of what faith you are say you've got to start with taking care of yours first mm-hmm. you and your your own and your extended family first and then take care of somebody else. And put people your oxygen back. Uh, yeah, you got to put your oxygen on first. Yeah, and exactly right. And the reason why you've got to do that is is that take care of your family, extended family first, because if you're not, the rest of us have to. Mm-hmm. That means all the rest of us families have to take care of your family because yeah. you didn't take care of yours first. So yeah. it starts with a budget. It starts with a strategy. It starts with savings. It starts with a little bit more education than you have, being a little bit more curious every year, um, just being better, not perfect, being better fall than last forward, year. Fall forward,
0: fall forward, forward yeah. fall forward. But, awesome. This is super helpful. This is really, cool. really helpful. Um, I want to say if you're listening to this and you've been listening to our episodes and anything that we have said or talked about has encouraged you to start a savings account, hire a financial planner, do something different with your money life, please let us know. I want to like, I'm cool. very interested um, I want to know if we're, if we're helping. So um, the email address is SigmundSense at gmail.com. So make sure you're uh, sending notes there and like, subscribe, share, tell your friends and save your money.
1: Save your money. Uh, <laughs> Happy New Year's guys. Here we are in 2021. Let's do it all over again. All right. Bet cheers. Be better this year. Bye guys. <laughs>